0: John, why do you always show up tired? I'm sorry. I gotta hustle and make the money. i to for all your right. babies. Well, babies. It's just saying I don't actually have children. This is yeah. terrible. This is misleading. Yeah. I am not a single father, nor have I left any single mothers around. I
1: mean, you could be my baby. Oh, babe. Mm, don't God. tell Adam. Oh, uh, well, I hope well to it. Anyway.
0: <laughs> hardly anyone does. This is the aggressively average <laughs> <accurate laughs> podcast. <laughs> With uh, John and Andrews, Andrews and Braden Smith, Smith. we have been it. We've been terrible at announcing like who this is. Like randomly, like if you don't know us, it's it's John and Braden. And John and Braden, who? Like,
1: uh, yep. So, I am a college student. Uh, you for, about to be a done college student? Yeah. There is
0: a gown over in the corner. It's a graduation gown, not like a night gown. That yeah, would be no, no, that's a strange.
1: Weird. Uh, but uh, when this episode gets posted, it will be nine days till graduation. Yo, yo um, let's go. So yeah it's kind of crazy to think about and then john is has i think we covered yeah we did a little bit yeah so if you want to know more about us you can follow us at hashtag not hashtag at braden the rad on instagram and at
0: underscore the real john andrews underscore
1: what it what a unique
0: yeah no so that that's a funny story that came from us playing a game i can't remember the name of it was but we had our name swapped with other people in our group as team building, and we just referred to each other as at the real so-and-so. Interesting. And that ended up being a much better handle than I think what I had at the time. And it's been like that since like I don't know, six years now.
1: Do you want to know something funny? This something funny. This is very random. I When I first made an Instagram, do you want to know what my, my tag was? More than anything. It was surfer underscore dude. One two three. I bet you were a cool cat too. Oh, I tried to be.
0: I mean, you're from the beach area. I so am. Like, and I, I, I did. I you do surf where you were? I did. Of I do have a surfer. I have you know a, a surfer is, board. Is, is what I wanted to say. A new fact that I just learned about Brady. Yeah, fun
1: facts. I'll show you some pictures later. Uh, but
0: and we'll keep those to us because I'm sure they're not.
1: They're on. They're on Facebook. Oh, okay. Never mind. The they're world. Like,
0: the world needs to see them.
1: Yeah. So. Anyway, speaking of the world and currency and uh, the the interwebs. Um,
0: no one spoke of any of those things till now, really. But, you know, here we are. The segue I had to pioneer. I just had to pioneer. We got there, and I think anyone who's caught up on the times knows, and if you're listening to this in the future, uh, Dogecoin popped off.
1: It did. Uh, I'm going to pull up to see how much it actually is currently sitting. So this is not a good estimate of what it is and the current situation. It is currently sitting at 31 cents.
0: Alright, real talk though. I bought into Dogecoin when it was 5 cents.
1: So, when I bought in, I think it was at... Was it...
0: You're probably at 20-something.
1: Gosh, hold on. I'm trying to find where I'm pretty sure I bought in. I'm pretty sure I bought in when it got to 2 cents.
0: No, big old o2
1: so yeah my average is saying here that i bought in when it was at nine cents so because i bought more Mm. before right before it took off yeah on not even knowing that it was going to take off so last week uh the week of uh april the the, whatever 2020 something whatever i don't care 15 16 17 anyway yeah uh elon musk tweeted and it kind of sent it to the moon and every
0: stock he tweets about goes
1: woo. it's true for about seven hours at least and if you go and look at the the charts or whatever you want to call it the the line graphs you can see you can probably line up when elon musk tweeted right to where doge spiked
0: do you also want to know something fun i've contributed to all of doge's success and failure to now Speaking of going and reading their seats and finding it out, any time in the past since February when I bought into Doge, I have tweeted about not tweeted if I talked about it with friends. You can go to the group text that we are in, Braden, and you can find any time that I have texted about Doge. You can go look on the uh, stock graph at when the prices dipped and when they rose, and any time they were on the up and up. I would text the boys and say to the moon you know the phrase of the time when stocks right. to the moon and it began to drop immediately after that and it would go up and up and up and i would say something you know to the moon again or boys holding on and it would drop again and so my unfortunate instance last week was that i sold out of doge Six hours before it popped off. Six hours before y'all <laughs> must tweeted. So I was the dead weight that the rocket had to drop to get to the moon with Doge. And man, oh man, I would have made me a few pretty pennies, dozens of dollars. yes had I held on. But no.
1: Yeah, according to the the text log, you did buy into Doge early on when when the all the GameStop stuff was going off. Yeah. Um, and that's when the major shift started to happen and everyone realized that probably going crypto is the way to go. so
0: And I have will say since then I've bought in or at least partials of others too. So you know, here we are. It might just be fake currency, but now we're all in the fake currency. Yeah. So congratulations. Then,
1: next thing you know we're gonna be into fake art, which is the next big thing. John. What, do you, what do you mean NFT's art? Is... It's all fake it's not all fake. If it's
0: not a representative of real life, Braden, it's fake art. That's an argument for another time. All is right, an
1: interesting argument. It is. Okay. Uh, anyway. We
0: can have that another time. But I have to p- pose to you, other than Doge, Braden, um, I'm going to do a little bit of a recap for people who don't know from the past few weeks. And uh, I'm going to hit you with another revelation that I had. So two weeks ago, we talked about Hunter Biden being built different and his serious sickness and addiction uh, that caused him to be... Addicted to crack cocaine, and in the in-between time of then and now, we lost um, notable rapper and um, sickened um, crack cocaine addict DMX. Rip DMX. He's a local, local legend, and I really like. I have you know brothers who are there in their thirties, and I really can't fathom like the impact that DMX had at the time that he was, and how unique he was, and what he meant to the rap game and just culture in general for the time. And, it, you know, it is a pretty big thing. I mean, amongst pop culture, like RIP DMX. Um, and that and Prince Philip, they went out together. Couldn't RNG. imagine them being apart, you know. Uh, right. You know, souls intertwined or something like that. <laughs> but uh, I I have actually, in the meantime, i thought of uh, something we can petition for since everyone's petitioning for stuff nowadays. Uh, but we're going straight to the source. We're petitioning Almighty God for a trade. Blockbuster deal.
1: Okay, what's the Blockbuster we deal? We
0: are trading one uh, former. Crack cocaine addict and Hunter Biden. Okay. Energy empire mogul from China to Ukraine. Man knows his stuff, knows his energy. We're going to trade him, one Hunter Biden, for a DMX and famed, now deceased, Toronto Mayor Rob Ford, who, if you do not remember, go look it up. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God. Rob Ford, who was caught on camera, on video smoking crack cocaine. This man was the mayor of a major metropolitan city in Canada, one of the biggest cities in Canada, caught smoking crack cocaine. He was also caught in a McDonald's, I believe it was McDonald's, yelling, probably drunkenly, at other customers. This man was an icon. Like, all of the jokes in SNL, there was so much, if memes were what they were now, Rob Ford would have been the meme hero.
1: My God. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I propose a trade and I'll take it up uh, with the big <laughs> the guy. Almighty God. Uh, one Hunter Biden for a DMX and a Rob Ford.
1: <laughs> Why do you want Rob Ford back? I don't
0: do, he was not, dude. He's yeah. not even
1: American.
0: Uh, and? And? And people of all nations and tribes, right? We, okay, we can get him back. We can get him back.
1: Whatever, whatever. Anyway. So, John, you said that you wanted to continue your conversation about. Yes, yeah, it
0: branches off of authenticity and I think it's uh, the next, not the, maybe the next step, but it's a complication that comes with living authentically and wanting to represent yourself to the world and to know and be known um, and phenomenon that we all probably experience and can't put a name to it, but all have a common understanding in this sort of phenomenon. And what I am proposing is this a... a error or a problem of communicating our internal character through our external actions and other people understanding that I'm sure there's a less wordy title for it. But I think that expresses some things that I think we all probably deal with is that I have and can see all of the steps to probably as a Christian living a righteous life, we are given the basic everyday, uh, Maybe unsexy, but necessary disciplines in prayer and study of the scriptures. But we also live in community with one another and are called to exhort and encourage and serve one another. We know all of what those externals should look like, and as humans, we're very mimetic creatures. We are, we are, we mimic okay. from children to adults and all of our lives. We are mimicking the actions of others for good or for ill. Right. We mimic, we pick up on each other's uh, facial cues, our physical tics, all of those things that make us unique, our idiosyncrasies. We we pick up on those things. And it's especially true with married couples. You learn each other like the back of your hands. And we are incredibly mimetic and we understand how to get to a point. We see this is a person who I would I would like to emulate. Someone who is virtuous, someone who is upstanding, someone who is... A righteous person. As Christians, we seek to imitate Christ, and we look to other Christians in our lives and those saints that have gone to be with the Lord as examples for how we ought to live. Right. The problem comes when we can lose focus, and we might internally have some conflicts that others don't see externally, and we continue to mimic those behaviors. And have sort of the external showings of those things without the internal change. Or we have the desire and the internal change to express those things, but because, okay, I set a pathway to live more righteously, to live more virtuously. I'm going to abstain from these things or I'm going to continue to live this way. I'm going to be more charitable. I'm going to be more gracious. I'm going to find practical ways to live Christ-like, in the in the in the areas that I'm in, right? Okay. okay, so it it moves from the internal disposition of wanting to do good to external actions.
1: Okay,
0: the problem then comes with the external actions is that due to fallen human nature, our actions aren't interpreted in a vacuum of good intentions and good actions the world and a lot of people look around from various perspectives people who know us people who don't know us and can see bits and pieces and maybe not the full you know start to finish of us desiring to do good so we people get snippets and then make assumptions and presumptions off of incomplete information right so we to some may communicate less than to others or the people we spend the most time with uh, can know and understand us better but so then we have these incomplete fragments of things that we see and we don't really know the full story. So people are, are kind of lost in trying to put the pieces together of who we are as people, if we don't spend that kind of time together. And then it, that's the next step. You go from your actions to, or your disposition to your actions, to what other people interpret. And because of our cynical culture uh, and, and maybe our own just distrust of people uh, right. We we interpret those actions maybe through other people's motives through all of the probably worst least gracious ways that we understand one another and how we behave. Right. So I think that's why we feel disconnected. There's not as much of a common culture. It feels like the sacred and the secular sort of realm of of Christians trying to live godly lives and the secular culture becoming seemingly more pagan it seems as though those things are splitting farther and farther and it just we don't want to understand one another and even within christian communities we might be even cynical about other people's motives maybe knowing too little about people and not seeing the whole picture of their actions we might assume that they're just being fake we might assume that they're portraying something that might not be authentic that might be just mimicking good behaviors but isn't
1: so like when I when I think of that when I think of projecting something that just is mimicking good behaviors I think what immediately comes to mind is people who and I don't, I'm not this is not me bashing this is not me bashing people but this is me thinking that people who post um, on their stories of like oh my gosh look at I'm reading my Bible today and and, and it's okay to do that if it's done. Earnestly. Uh, yes. Like, honestly. Uh, yes, honestly, but not... I, I'm not in a fake and not in a, a s- like, artificial-looking way. In an authentic way. Yeah, and, like, I, 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 and I don't want to demean people who do that, because I haven't seen it happen often, but it's more of, like, if it's an every-single-day thing, people... I feel like people will get to the point that they don't care. Right. Unless you have some semblance of influence... In terms of like followers, in terms of people who actually look up to you,
0: and encouraging one another. Yeah, and I like, think if we only see and, those for the negatives, and, then it's definitely going well, to. Yes,
1: and that's 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 what I was trying to get to is like the that because of that, like I view it as a totally negative and cynical in a cynical light. Whenever whenever anyone does that, they may mean earnest, but I also am like, what the frick? Why are you doing this? Is this is mm-hmm. something that you should just keep between you and the Lord and like conversations that you have with people in person, not over social media. That's a thing for me and that's something that where my cynicism kind of sneaks in and gets in the way of someone that. who's trying to be like sincere and like hey this is what I'm learning in scripture which is great that people are taking time to learn and read their scripture and read not their scripture but read the scriptures there we go. um so and i don't know i like i i i'm tracking with you and like but i think i don't know i think it's rooted like the only way that I think, and it's been presented in this way, and I don't know if I fully present it, but, or agree with it, excuse me, but the idea that, like, because what you're kind of describing is sanctification in Absolutely. a way. I mean, so, it
0: definitely is, is yes rooted in sanctification. It's
1: rooted in sanctification, but, like, it's the idea that sanctification is a group process, as a group, it, like, you, it's like, you can't be sanctified unless you're in a group. That's that's an extreme line of thought that someone presented that is no longer a Christian, fun fact. Um, I forget the guy's name, but Hello. he wrote Why Church Matters, if you are oh, curious. is it, was it Josh Bears? I think so. No. He wrote that in Why Church Matters. He says sanctification I is remember, a group effort. I remember not, not enjoying
0: that book a ton because I feel like some of his points were not strong, but dang. Right. So, yeah. So, so,
1: so, like, you have, you have the one extreme, right? You had that one extreme where you forego any personal and any... individual Individual. identity that Christ has made you individually. But then there, you forego that. But you can go to the other extreme to be totally individualistic Mm -hmm. to where you get to where some of their people who are deconstructionists in terms of their their Christianity, in terms of their theology, that say, no, I don't need the church. I can do this on my own. It's a personal relationship with the Lord. Which, yes, that is true, but you also need the church. It's a both and. Like, you can't – like, we are – we are we are beings that are created to be communal. in communal. however, there is also something about there's something that we can do on our own. like we can be individualistic but we can't be that way forever right. Even if you're a strong introvert like you need community at some point like yeah because like what you're saying, like if you're gonna you're gonna mimic something because it's just how who we are right. So you're either going to mimic the same things that you have in continual, and that's why I think, um, like what what our church does in terms of like having times of confession with you know fellow brothers and yeah. stuff like that. People or are well sisters. acquainted with the yeah, who are groups. who who are who you know very well, who know you at least you know on a more deeper level than just like what do you do for a living and like where are you from and all that jazz. Right. This is a surface level kind of stuff. It's more of like, you no, know, how's your like what. How's the Lord growing you? Where are you seeing needs in your life? And being able to like present that in a very careful and like open way. But also like in a way like that's why I think it's so important to be able to confess your sins to one another in a safe and a careful and loving environment right. to where it's not like, no, you're because you're sinning you're being outcast. Like there. I think there's room within a group of believers to be saying, like we, we understand that like we are still in sin to some degree in mm-hmm. Christ, like we're they already not yet idea. So like it, to get to my point, like the idea of being able to open up and say, look, this is what I'm struggling and I need help with this because I don't want to keep mimicking mm-hmm. the same patterns that I have. Right. Now I also something that I want to bring into this is like, Although it's important that we are trying to, you know, grow in grow in likeness and grow and become more like Christ, and but like we need our communities to be able to do that. I think we need to bring in the, the work of the Holy Spirit because I think because I think like I think too often we we neglect what actually happens with the like the work of the Holy Spirit in us and in, in us to be able to transform us over time it may not be instant could it be instant sure I think that's possible but like yeah it's this interaction between
0: the spiritual the physical the mental emotional that we don't fully understand Uh, you know of the material world we can see and analyze and God has given to cultivate and to have dominion over and you know mimic his likeness, his creative uh, likeness, amongst other things, to creation. Uh, But but there's very little of the interaction between the spiritual and physical that we actually understand. Right. When we talk about sanctification, we talk about justification and one day glorification, as Christians, there's very little of the details of how that happens. We know we are to pray for wisdom. We are to pray for guidance, strength. We are to, the spirit works within us, the Holy Spirit, Empowers us,
1: right, and And that is
0: that is seen in the actual manifestations of our good works,
1: right. Well, this and we get that from reading scripture, from being in God's word, from prayer. And it's not, it doesn't happen like in stagnant. Like the Spirit is going to continually grow us in a in a linear form. It's more of like it's it's, progressive. It's it's, it's progressive. Yes, it's 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 the ebbs and
0: flows and the ups and downs of a you know spirituality that we cannot ourselves master and control, but are responsible for our portion of the obedience and what grows in wisdom and understanding. Right. And it's part of the solution to this seeming, you know, landmine bear trap of communication of our inner character for Christians and Christian community, which if we're being honest, as Christians we recognize as the imitation of Christ is the ideal or, or Christ is the ideal of what we ought to be as people, as humans The he came as the ultimate uh, representative and reconciler of man and God Right, and we are to mimic that we as Christians should mimic how human communities should interact the church should be a representative of how Individual humans and humans in community ought to interact with one another in love and charity and graciousness and kindness. We are this first fruits, or Christ is the first fruit, and sort of we are the beginnings and the, the groundlings in the spreading and growing of the kingdom before Christ coming and making all things new. Right. So, our behaviors we, we have to see our behavior as not just one amongst many pathways to be a good person. We have to understand, is in trying to emulate Christ. And the Spirit's working us to be conformed to His image. We are living, and we are mimicking, and we are embodying that which is the most human. That which is most human. That which is God intended in our behaviors and our actions in a fallen world. Right. So as Christians, with our inner dispositions and character being changed by the Holy Spirit, our outer actions, though imperfect, and you know marred by even our own sinful flesh that hangs around, not physical flesh, but the sort of the sin that's more not not stuck with us as unable to be done, but sort of original sin, that's sin that uh we won't be rid of until we are made new, that is still there, but we, we go in knowing that. We don't expect perfection from one another. We know those things happen. And we we are built in and given guidelines and how to reconcile. And so it's not just me you know, being understood by you, but it's you also understanding me, if that makes sense. It seems right. a little like splitting hairs, but it it's not just me communicating me, it's you also knowing me.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a both and kind exactly. of idea. So it's like you realize, and I think you can pull the good out of someone and pull out the and bad. You,
0: and, and you know, you, you, you have that gracious assumption. Right. You can look at someone and though, you know, we can assume all of the worst things, we can assume the most selfish motives, but that then reflects more on our character and how we view others and maybe a deeper view of ourselves reflected onto others than anything else. So as Christians, you're given a a, a glimpse into what I believe God intended human interaction ought to be. A right. uh, a a clear authentic expression of ourselves, of our of Christ through us, and the again the most human way of interacting, the most intended way of interacting. Uh, and those interactions though now we see being flawed and imperfect, graciously seeing truly what is good and accomplishing the good in those good works. They're not just works that we consider good, they're good works that God has given for us to do. They don't lose even if I'm cynical about your motives, you doing good works doesn't not make them good. Like there is a there's uh, a goodness in, in accomplishing gotcha. good things. Gotcha. Uh, like Paul talked about the gospel being spread by people with false motives ultimately the gospel is spread and that's not to say that all you know selfish motive you know should we go on sinning uh that grace may abound surely not you know and those sort of keep those ideas together and not split them apart into going radically extreme yeah you can probably see that throughout the history of the church but now i'm going to go back to what i did with talking about authenticity and we're going to look at a detached secular worldview is you know how are you even supposed to know yourself Like, do you even really know you? And who tells you about you other than you? Who could know you better than you? And you can't seem to mine out any solid identity from within yourself. And you draw from the culture and the society and the history of where you come from and and, and your family and all these other things that get get baked into the cake of who you are. And then you take all of your unfettered insecurities and cynicisms about people, and then that's how you interpret their actions. So that's how you see them and then you continue and then and then from them flip side of the view they have the same approach how do you live in a society where you cannot graciously trust one another's behaviors and actions how can you how do you what kind of right there there's no intent of good in no. someone you're always assuming like and you hear this in the a secular business world is that you gotta get ahead. It's the game to climb the ladder. it's the game to get up and you it's, gotta walk
1: over people you gotta take advantage of people you have to shortcome people you have to it's, undercut. it's it's about number
0: one and looking out for number one because in a world without any inherent compassion or desire to be compassionate to people you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do and they are not gonna be compassionate to you. Why should you be compassionate to them like right there's no grounding for these other novel virtues that christianity values so highly and i think society would be more brutal without and we could probably see that in other parts of the world and even more post-christian societies places that might have been paragons at time of christian virtue and well here we go like we're a distrusting society and we you know we don't love one another we can't really you know love one another without some sort of cynical view of who they are or some sort of what they bring value to me and maybe in feeling fulfilled, maybe my maybe I selfishly want to be with these people because they make me feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You know all, right. all of the ways that you could interpret and you know see somebody but never really know them, and all of the ways that you can ter- interpret your own actions, but maybe never really know the motives at the base of them. You're, you seem to be spinning wheels in a on a car with no direction. You have no GPS, right. you have no destination. And so the Christian contrast to the secular alternative is is drastic. Again, and it's not supposed to be a sliding gray scale from black to white. It is stark and there is no reconciliation between the two. The Christian God of the Bible, the God of all things, uh, offers you no slight secondary alternative reprieve. It is coming through Christ. There is no entrance through the back door. And I think Christians, we need to be more proud of this. In a world that doesn't, you know, has cherry picked the more empathetic and virtuous parts of Christianity for some sort of humanistic modern yeah. approach to the human
1: being the moralistic therapy it's, is deism. exactly I mean, it's more the feel good make you feel like let's feel my emotions up and then i can leave and go in my on my merry way without being involved in any community whatsoever. right
0: i am the end of me like the the clearest interpretation of man is through myself since that's the only lens which which we know and i think it's i think it's a not a fulfilling
1: alternative right and i think I don't think that you see that happen in terms of like the moralism kind of idea that we think of as people come into church get my good feelings tank filled up and then leaving <laughs> see you in six days since we uh, only see that post-modernity mm-hmm. like you don't see that any i don't think you can make i don't think you can make the argument that you don't see that prior to the rise of postmodern thinking. Oh, yeah, because when you look at the church in in Acts, like they they were very communal in nature. Mm-hmm. Do they also have their own like trades and their own jobs and their own families? Yes, but they also had the church, and they gave up for the church. And it's and I think what the Bible prescribes for a true biblical community is someone that gives up for one another, and the secular worldview does not. They borrow from the biblical worldview right. to in order to be able to to mask in humanitarian efforts, but it's not it it doesn't have a full grasp and full weight of understanding. So it has to like in order to do anything outside of a secular. Or in within a secular worldview, like the only way that you can interact and do humanitarian efforts is if you borrow it from another worldview mm-hmm. and that's
0: that's something that uh, Nietzsche talked about in at several of his books, but he talked about when people hear about the death of God and the different issues that he speaks of, and he talks about Christian morality and if I understand the sort of reading of Nietzsche correctly his his part of his misgivings or his dislike for the Christian faith um, was that charity goodness and kindness A. he seemed C, saw as weakness uh, but B. he also saw the destructive power of those if weaponized and turned against one another hmm. it's not that charity is good for charity's sake it's not that doing good is you know glorifying to God, right, but when the state mandates good morals, when your ultimate authority is not to God Almighty, but you take those virtues and you twist them to being sort of moralistic, but without the backing of some sort of divine authority, right then human beings are the measure of of carrying out this justice or goodness, and then you turn which was that which was seen as good and right because of the voluntary nature of it. It you know people who do philanthropic work not for their name to be known but for the good of others are people doing very good things. Yeah. But when you take it and when the state enforces good things for the sake of uh, of 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 calling it virtue or for the quote unquote greater good, right? When it's enforced through you know legal or Judicial means has it gone from being any moral good to that which is prescribed, like that which is necessary to survive, but without any internal change? Like it strips the internal sanctifying value and says these are the external works that ought to be seen as good and we ought to do them. Here they are, and you must do them. Right. That that takes, I think, all of the good. Ni- no, mm it doesn't take all of the goodness out of those things but it doesn't make them better
1: yeah no it's and that's the idea that like Nietzsche and I haven't really read Nietzsche or any of those it's a slog sometimes but he's pretty entertaining but it's the the idea that like what makes goodness so good is it's done out of in terms of humanitarian efforts from in both a secular and a christian worldview is that it's done out of the giving up of yourself and the christians can be more fulfilled in that because there there's mm-hmm. like backing and a backbone for that whereas you know in the secular worldview doing humanitarian efforts is just to better humanity and like is that is that a good thing sure but yes. if that's the ultimate end but if that's the, if that's the end then then it's only going to be an inch deep and the ends
0: justify the means so if what is good for humanity harm some for the long-term perceived good then you got to do what you got to do and that is dangerous that is incredibly dangerous and that's 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 never a measure that the church ought to take um and i i think to bring it all back in like the the christian can live authentically within christian communities and know that they are working to accomplish good things and know that others are seeing them and hopefully graciously seeing the good things that god is working out through them and giving thanks to god for what he is doing and we can enjoy one another's good works and praise god for them and we can love and and be loved in a more authentic and the most human way i believe god intended things to be yes and the secular world doesn't offer you that fulfillment it doesn't offer you that anchor it doesn't offer you it doesn't offer you any guarantee that you are going to have a community to be in the you know to have a more deeper appreciation for others actions it's it's about self it's not necessarily about the others unless you find a worldview or something that twists that to make it worth it and so the christian the, the Christian authentic living is the most human way you can accomplish those things for the good of yourself and for the good of others. And right. I don't think there there's no alternative given. There's no worldview that satisfies apart from that.
1: I think that's a great way to end the episode.
0: I, I think it is a banged up way to do it. My boy.
1: Dang my guy.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to us talk about the memes of the time and even weightier topics than
1: more than the memes at the time. Honestly, well, I, I can't funny.
0: imagine if there are much more weightier topics than memes, but hey, I think we I think we hit the nail on the head.
1: Yeah. So hopefully next week when you tune in, um, I'll be done with all my finals. Yeah. And uh I'll be uh, a millionaire because Doge takes off. To the moon to the moon baby. We'll cut catch you guys next week. See y'all.